evening. Welcome back to the worship of God tonight. Today's sermon text uh, is from Mark chapter 1, verse 40 to 45. We are finally approaching to the end of chapter 1. Praise God, praise God for that. Okay, Mark chapter 1, verse 40 to 45. This is God's holy word. Let's pay attention to it. And a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for yourself uh, offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, your revelation to us and uh, we ask you to give us a teachable heart so we can uh, understand your word and uh, see the gospel of Jesus Christ through your word and that our hearts be, be stirred up and we will love you more and know this gospel deeper. In your name we pray. Amen. So, right at the beginning of this passage, we see a man of leprosy. It is an unfair disease to most of us here. We don't know how, we don't know much about it, such as how people get it, how it spreads, and how it affects human bodies, and how can it be healed? As a result, uh, we can hardly connect ourselves with this man of leprosy, n neither in our emotion nor intellect. However, leprosy is not foreign to Israel. This is a big and heavy disease that changes a person's life upside down. We read descriptions of leprosy in the book of Leviticus. Chapter 13 is where we learn the knowledge about the people with leprosy. It is a long chapter detailing about how to identify leprosy and how the lepers should do. So there are two verses in that chapter that gave us a vivid depiction of, of a leper. Let me read them to you. The leprous person who has a disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has a disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. According to these verses, we know that leprosy must be a dreadful disease. It is hard to imagine what a leper's life looks like. Leprosy itself may, may, may not be the worst disease in the world. The Bible does not inform us a lot 
about the pain or suffering caused by leprosy. But I believe it does cause pain and suffering because the lepers would gradually lose their fingers, toes, and limbs, according to data, data found online. So the description in Leviticus does not put its emphasis on the seriousness of the disease, but on the person, on how the lepers should conduct himself. So according to Leviticus, the lepers must do everything that they can to let people know that they are lepers. They dress themselves with torn clothes and let their hair hang loose so that people can easily notice them. They should also cover their upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean, so that even the blind people can hear and avoid them. So what makes a leper really despair is not the disease, but his helpless life. He's going to be excluded from his family, his community, and the whole society. He has, no, he has to endure his sickness alone as an abandoned person. So it is a double misery for a leprous man. He needs healing, but there is no remedy out there. He needs company and support from family, but no one can really go to him. So that is to say, once become a leper, though he has many needs, none of them can be met. He can do nothing but to await his death for the rest of his time being a leper. So it is a life that has no hope of turning at all. This should be the life of the leper in our passage until he came before Jesus. Mark here records uh, a series of the leper's act. Uh, and the leper came to Jesus, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. So the first thing that should strike us is, how can a leper come to people? According to the book of Leviticus, it is they are not allowed to do that. So you know the leper is not allowed to approach anyone. Although we are not told where Jesus was at that time, the leper is not supposed to be there. And it is even more surprising about how the leper heard about Jesus and how could he even recognize Jesus when Jesus was passing by. He was living in isolation. I have, no, I have no idea how he got all the information about Jesus. But anyway, the message of Jesus does give him a hope when he heard that. He came in a manner of begging. We see the, the series of actions uh, and even kneeling before Jesus. These acts revealed his great need as well as his unworthiness. He knew deep in his heart that it was not lawful for him to approach to Jesus. But he also believed that only this Jesus could save him. So maybe he was begging that Jesus and his disciples would not stop him from coming to Jesus. And his ask of Jesus was also different. He was not asking, have mercy on me, Jesus, or heal me, please, Jesus. But, but said, if you will, 
you can make me clean. So what's wrong with this man? Why didn't he ask for healing directly? Isn't that the reason why he came out to Jesus? So we know what made this leper come to Jesus. It is his need and his belief in the power of Jesus. Although not necessarily knowing that Jesus was the Son of God. But what made this leper not ask for healing directly? I think it is probably the shame of his disobedience and his sin. Because he was doing something improper to the one that he was going to ask for healing. Leprosy is as contagious as COVID. He could stay far away instead of coming to Jesus. And also, he was just breaking the law of Moses by coming to Jesus. And because of that act, Jesus will be made unclean ceremonial. So his need for healing was so great and his life was so miserable that he just wanted to be out of that no matter what. As long as he had a chance of being healed, I think he will be waiting to break the law of Moses, so which has a strict rule for the lepers to be away from people. So in another word, as a lawbreaker here, he did not deserve the mercy of God. And he knew that himself. I think that constrained him from asking Jesus directly for that. So Jesus being the God of the Old Testament, with the Father and the Holy Spirit inspired the laws of Moses. He knew what the leper was doing to him. Instead of rebuking the leper for breaking the law of Moses, and Jesus said, he was moved with pity. He stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. So Mark again presents us the humanity of Jesus. He was moved to pity by what he saw and heard. Just as Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus could always connect himself with those who are tempted by all kinds of suffering. And Jesus did not stay on his pity. He actually acts on his pity. So what Jesus did to the leper was amazing, was amazingly surprising here. Jesus stretched out his arm and touched him and said, I will be clean. So Jesus could have just said, I will be clean without a need to touch him. And the leper could be easily healed for sure. Plus, the leper did not ask for a touch. And he didn't even expect Jesus to touch him. But Jesus, instead of avoiding him, he was even willing to touch him and let himself be made unclean so that the leper was made to feel welcomed and accepted by Jesus. So after Jesus said, I will be clean, the leprosy left him immediately and the leper was healed. So the, the immediate healing was extraordinary. Leprosy, like other skin diseases, you will leave marks on our skins. And that will stay on the skins for, for an indefinite time. Apparently, the syndromes of the marks of leprosy 
seemed to go away immediately with this leper, leave the man visibly healed. So the way Jesus healed him was also remarkable. It is Jesus' will to heal the man. In another word, it is not because of the man or how miserable or poor he was that moved Jesus to heal. Although he was moved to pity, to heal or not to heal, that depends on Jesus' will. Romans 9, 15-16 tells us, I will have mercy, I God. I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on man's, on, on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. So which means that his healing is not based on a logical reason, but from mercy of God alone. Therefore, it is grace from head to toe. From that moment on, the life of the leper was changed from upside down. He was changed from unclean to clean, from sickness to wholeness, from isolation to reunion, from outcast to acceptance, and from death to life. What amazing grace is it? If the passage ends here, it will be a perfect ending. But unlike the other stories, Jesus here talked to the man after healing. It is more of a command than a normal exhortation. Look at verse 43-44. Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for proof to them. Jesus told the healed leper to go, uh, to do two things. First thing is do not tell anyone about this healing. And the second thing is to go and be examined by the priest and offer for his cleansing. So the second thing here is not hard to understand because it is a law recorded in Leviticus 41 that the healed lepers must do, a, must, must do in order to be welcomed back into the community. Although Jesus has already healed him and declared him to be clean, he still followed, he still followed the law of Moses. He did it not because his healing was not valid, but for, but for the sake of this man. It is good for the man to be examined by a professional way, and it is good for the man to be declared by the priest before the whole community. But why did not Jesus let him tell people about his healing? So this is a hard question here. Isn't that a good testimony? It seems there is a pattern in Jesus' ministry. Jesus tries to avoid people's attention, especially in the beginning of his ministry. After the great day of baptism, Jesus was driven to the wilderness for 40 days. When his name became well known in one place, he left that place and went to the desolate place. When Satan was speaking about Jesus, and, he, and Jesus was silencing him from talking about that. And here again, Jesus sternly charged him not to tell people about him. The manner of Jesus' talk was actually very serious and emphatic. The Greek word uses two negations here, like no one and nothing. 
to intensify the thing that Jesus forbids, which is to keep silent. Don't tell anyone about this healing. According to our passage, we seem to have found one reason for that. It does not come straightforward, but could be deduced from our passage. So the ending verse of our passage is introduced by a surprising connecting word, but. I think it is surprising because I was expecting to see the obedience of the cured leper to Jesus' command. How could a man who just received Jesus' mercy and grace and then disobeyed Jesus? So it was irrational. But I was shocked by the fact that he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news right after being sternly warned by Jesus. He was doing just opposite to Jesus' command to him. How could it be? It was, it was quite surprising. Our passage doesn't mention whether the cured man went to the priest or, or, or not. He may or may not. But surely not right away. According to Leviticus 14, a cured leper should be brought to the priest by other people and to be examined first. If he passes the, the examination, he has to stay there and have other people bring two birds for, uh, for the offering, for his cleansing. After that, he has to shave all his hair and bathe in the water. Then he can come into the camp. But he has to live outside his tent for seven days. And during that seven days, he has to repeat the washing of his bodies and, and repeat the shaving of his hair. So, so therefore, the cured man here could not have done these things in such a short time. He does not only disobey Jesus, but again, breaks the law of Moses because he is still considered as an unclean leper until he was declared to be clean by the mouth of the priest. So everyone he has talked to has been made unclean ceremonially. And another consequence is that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places. We have read last week that it is Jesus' heart to move on from towns to, to towns because that's where he could reach most people. And the desolate places are where he could stay out of public when people want to make him stay and want to make him king. So when we can, so we can see that Jesus' ministry goes from a town to a desolate place and from desolate place to a town. That's his pattern of ministry and that's his perfect strategy. On one hand, Jesus could reach as many people as possible. On the other hand, Jesus could move on freely to another town through a desolate place. Now, because of what the man did, it is harder for Jesus to do what he used to do. So maybe you are feeling sorry for Jesus and are even a little, a little bit angry with the man. You and I would agree that it is a shame for him to do that. This man just did not deserve the healing and not even the pity of Christ. But dear brothers and sisters, are we all like him in some ways? Both before and after receiving the grace of God. 
according to Ephesians chapter uh, Ephesians, uh, we are told that we used to follow the course of this world and living in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. We were separated and alienated from God, that were even hostile toward God. And we were strangers to the covenant of promise, have no hope, and without God in the world. This is who we were, who we used to be. But Christ was willing to step down from his throne in heaven. And he came and made his dwelling among sinners by taking the form of a servant. He was willing to give up his right to live by praying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus was willing to go out to Calvary, to Calvary and was even crucified to death for our sin so that we could be brought near to the Father by the blood of Jesus on the cross. And we were even counted as righteous before God. What's more amazing is that we were even made a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a people for His own possession, 1 Peter 2.9. What amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me and you. As I have mentioned, even after receiving this amazing grace, we still feel our God in many ways. As children of God, we do not love God as we ought. We do not obey God as we ought. We do not love others as we ought. And we do not live a holy life as we ought. Sometimes, because of our sinfulness, unbelievers stumble over us. As we can see, we are no better than this leper in our passage. We do not deserve God's mercy and His salvation. Do you think Jesus has regretted saving us? According to human perspective, yes. But according to God, no. Jesus, knowing we will still fail Him, even after being saved, He still chose to save us. This is the grace of God revealed in the Gospel of Jesus. And the Gospel will continue to prevail even through the imperfect witnesses like you and me. It is amazing to see how the passage ends. He says, people were coming to Him from every quarter. This is a surprising ending. And the result is out of our expectation. We think it will be a disaster to Jesus' ministry. But God, by His mysterious way, even uses the disobedience of the leper to accomplish His work and brought out even better result. After hearing the news of Jesus from the cured leper, people from every quarter rushed out to, to the desolate place to hear Jesus. The result is even better than preaching in a town. There is no capacity limited in the desolate places, and there is no region restriction that people from everywhere can come. On the surface, it seems to be a result from the cured leper's disobedience. But in fact, it shows us the perfect control of God in everything. 
even the bad stuff happens, God has a higher way that is beyond the service. Isn't Christ's cross considered as a failure? But that's the way God chose to save us. Although we are undeserving of God's, of God's, of God's grace, God's gifts and calling are irrevocable. Romans 11:29. We are not called to be perfect, but God sees us as His perfect children because of Christ's righteousness upon us. But all of us are called to obey God as His beloved children. So let's pray. And may God help us to be His obedient children. Father, we thank You. We thank You for loving us. We are, deserve, we are undeserved sinners. Yet You still lavished uh, Your grace, Your love upon us. We thank You for such, such a wonderful, uh, beautiful grace and gospel to us. Lord, we thank you and please help us help us to obey you uh, as your children. Help us to honor you as your saved people. We need you, Lord, uh, to help us to live a life that is proper for the saints. In your name we pray. Amen. Now let's stand and sing and respond God's grace by singing 283. 283.